My name is Elizabeth Lewis, and I'm the owner and CEO of Detroit Mom. As a teen mom, I know firsthand the feeling of isolation and the fears that come at different stages of motherhood. I spent half the time wondering where to find community and the other half dreaming of a way to create that community for myself and the women around me. No mother should experience change and challenges alone. I created this community and podcast to make sure women in my community are never alone. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom Podcast. The intention of this podcast is to make sure you have a voice and your story is being heard. Hey friends, this episode was recorded before the COVID crisis and the opinions expressed do not represent the current climate of the country. Make sure you stay tuned for more current episodes. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Lewis, owner of Detroit Mom. So today we are talking about the pelvic floor. <laughs> and we have a guest here today. We're super excited to have join us, Dr. Rachel Elizabeth. She's a physical therapist and a woman's health coach. She knows all things about the floor, pelvic floor, the <laughs> vagina. Like, would you be called like vagina whisperer? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there is somebody that has that at already. That's their Yeah. Oh, it's like handle. their thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, because we're, we're discussing like issues that I didn't know were issues. So right. I'm kind of super excited to dive into things yeah. that I think we don't talk about sure. as women mm-hmm. in general, because nobody wants anyone to know that their vagina is not working correctly, right? Right, exactly. So, right. Or what What actually is the true definition of a good working vagina? Yeah, I, I yeah. mean, I think it's in the definition of the beholder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so a little bit about Dr. Rachel Elizabeth. She has five sweet kids. Mm-hmm. Five. Mm-hmm. Five. Oh, my gosh. I have yeah. four, and I'm like, ah, this is craziness. It How is old crazy. are your kids? 17. Nine, seven, two, and almost 16 months. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Two and sev- almost 17 months. Oh, my I gosh. Know. Isn't that crazy? It's got to be amazing, though. It's fun. It's always, like, chaotic. It's wild. It's interesting having different stages. Yeah. So you have, like, the teenager and all those fun things. And you have the, like... Not-so-fun things, you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, however you'd like to right? find that. And then you have the, you know, the grade school kids and they're their quirkiness and then the cute little toddler yeah. and the baby who is, is so the baby just kind of like <laughs> and making it work it like makes the house you know bow to her and function yep. to her right she's very all spoiled oh yeah yeah oh yeah especially by her oldest brother <laughs> oh, okay so you have helped women for the last two decades mm-hmm. with women their physical therapy you've coached them You've learned firsthand these women's journey. So you've seen a lot in two decades. Right, right, yeah. Yep. And, and it's it, been crazy? It's been it's been crazy, yeah. I mean, I started very new, more in the orthopedic and sports world. So it's been really in the last, like, maybe five-ish, ten-ish years where I've worked, you know, solely with women and specializing more in the pelvic floor in the last few, several years. Okay. And and just went into, it's a, so I have my doctor degree, but it's a subspecialty to have this postdoctorate training in pelvic floor physical therapy as well as obstetrics. So that's a different category too. Um, and I've kind of like meshed it all together. But it, it opened up like a whole new world to me as a physical therapist. And I feel like it's something that we really need to integrate into that 
beginning stages of learning to be a physical therapist because I can't tell you how many times I do a pelvic floor exam and somebody will say, oh, you replicated my back pain. Like I've been doing everything to help my back and I couldn't, you know, even, you know, one, one of the people that I worked with was a physical therapist. And so she was doing dry needling and massage and a very good PT. I mean, she knows her stuff. I mean, and seeing other good physical therapists and we did an internal exam and we replicated her back pain. So there's just this like intricate connection of this whole unit of our body that impacts other areas. And so it's kind of almost like that missing link when maybe as a physical therapist, if you're listening, you know, you're having a hard time getting your client better, that that could be a component to what's going on, especially if they've had babies. And now they have to go to school for a second or a yeah, so there's um, there's like postdoctorate training, okay. so continuing education. So there's different bodies that will educate you to have internal pelvic floor exam skills. Yeah, um, and usually you have to take a series of classes. You know, sometimes there's one or two, but in order to really you know enhance your skills, you really should continuously go to you know the different levels, and even in my opinion you know, go to different institutions and take different trainings because you're going to get a little bit different at each training. And then if you want to really work with like pregnant and postpartum moms, having specific training for pregnant and postpartum moms too and understand the changes that go on in, in their bodies. And you time. have all of this. Yeah. So you can help. Anyway, it's, do doctors refer you, refer to you? Mm-hmm. So if their patients go in. Mm-hmm. So I guess my, my first question to you is what are – issues that you see most women are coming out so like obviously I've had four cesareans so Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that there are issues that also can occur with moms with Mm c-sections but for vaginal births Mm -hmm. what do you see the most of for the women who are listening that might be in this position Mm -hmm. because obviously it's not a topic we're going around telling our friends right that we have issues with our vagina. Like it's mm-hmm. not, you know, or a pelvic floor. And maybe some right. people don't even know it's an issue with their pelvic floor because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times you associate like, oh, it's pain down there. Right. It's, right. you know, right. the nether regions. Like it's it's not something very specific. <laughs> it's not something you want to like tell yeah. everybody about. I feel like but that if you have a baby though, you just like, oh, if this just goes yeah. with the territory. Yes. Like this and is it my will life get better. now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It'll and, be something that will go away. And that's what like our grandmothers and our mothers and our aunts and people older than us tell us that it's normal. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you had a baby and so you're going to leak. You're Guess what? You're, you're going, going to pee to for pain. the rest of your life. Right. <laughs> like all of these common, but they're not normal conditions that women experience after childbirth and some women do have it you know prior to childbirth but I'll keep it within the scope of the postpartum mom you know I see a lot of ladies they have babies and maybe they had a tear so that can range from either a grade one or a grade four tear and depending on you know the direction of the tear or the repair itself you know and how their body heals what their recovery looks like, you know, are they a mom that gets to be home and have their partner there or have even postpartum doula support to where they don't have to do a lot or are they somebody that has five kids and has no support and had a tear and now so they have a lot more strain to that area of their body. I see 100% people write that they have pain with sex. I shouldn't say 100%, a large portion of the population I see they have pain with sex after after baby and and that is not a, that's that should not be a normal thing even though we're told you know sometimes that 
can be. And, and you know, there's a study that even says women that had cesarean sections or had vaginal deliveries and had to have a vacuum extraction, meaning they had to put a vacuum on the baby's head in order to help that baby de- be delivered, whether that was because, you know, feel heart t- tones were down or there was some kind of emergency, they had to get that baby out right away. And and those ladies are more likely to have like your grade three and four tears, which mm-hmm. actually go into like the rectal space and can then cause lots of problems with your ability to maintain continence of your feces um yeah my girlfriend has been she had a vacuum delivery Mm -hmm. and she's been struggling Mm -hmm. ever since and Mm -hmm. I don't even think she knew Mm -hmm. and honestly it didn't even dawn on me till just now that like you are somebody that she would benefit from greatly right well I think we don't know the resources are out there right right Right. like a woman gives birth to a baby Mm -hmm. everything's supposed to be great nobody's checking in on the mom like Mm -hmm. hey how are you doing or Mm -hmm. better yet how is everything that you just went through doing, right, you know, right. besides your mental health? Right. And then I think women just deal with it mm-hmm. because they think that that's, like you said, like that's mm-hmm. part of the territory. Mm-hmm. Like I gave birth to this little human. Mm-hmm. And then they they just don't talk about it and right. they continue to carry mm-hmm. on or they when only, there are resources like you that could right. help them. Or they only talk to their physician and maybe their physician isn't familiar with pelvic floor physical therapy, which is a reason why I'm so thankful to be on here because I hope that by being on here, midwives, doulas, OBGYNs, primary care doctors, any healthcare provider that might be listening, please know that there is help for these ladies apart from just surgery. There was a recent local news station that just did article on pelvic floor dysfunction and it was wonderfully written it was a great article but there was not any mention of pelvic floor physical therapy it was do exercise or have surgery and like surgery is not necessarily the solution I mean when you have a lady another issue we we commonly see is something called pelvic organ prolapse so essentially what this means is that the bladder may come and bulge into the vaginal space the rectum may bulge into the the vaginal space the urethra might bulge into the vaginal space or the cervix can come down into the vaginal space that's more in postpartum and ladies have had hysterectomies they can have the actual vagina kind of come into the space, and then there's an seal where the um, intestines can come down into the vaginal space. But what they're seeing is, is the prevalence of this is 50% in postpartum, and those that have surgery have a 50% chance of having a reoccurrence, and 30% of them will have to have a second surgery. And I've seen this, and I've heard this. I've had to have multiple surgeries. So yeah, some people have surgery, and they're great, but could I, me personally, and anyone who's listening who's in this position, I would rather have surgery as like a last option. Right. I would rather have all the resources in front of me mm-hmm. to be able to say, okay, I've done this. Mm-hmm. I've I've seen a pelvic floor therapist. Mm-hmm. I've done all of these things. This right. is like literally my last option. Exactly. And I think even myself coming from sur- from the surgical mm-hmm. part of the hospital, I'm like, oh my gosh, why would anyone opt unless this right. is like literally – their last resort to do something like this. And I realize that sometimes it is, Mm -hmm. but I also think that having these resources, and we just don't have enough of them. Like Mm -hmm. they're just not out there. Mm -hmm. And And it's not talked about because it's like so taboo and no one wants to like talk about 
their pelvic floor area. And, yeah. You know, it's it's such an intricate part of our body. So the pelvic floor is the, I call this core defined. You'll see this on my social media a lot. The pelvic floor is essentially the basement or the downstairs of our core unit, which encompasses our diaphragm, our transverse abdominis in front, pelvic floor in the bottom, and your back muscles in the back. But it's really that diaphragm and then that deep transverse abdominis and the pelvic floor that work as a unit while you're moving throughout the day. So of course other parts are attached to it and everything works together as a whole. But if you if you think about this a little bit, I know you guys don't have visuals who are listening, but when the diaphragm is working and you inhale, the pelvic floor is naturally going to descend. Um, and the, the transverse abdominis, abdominal muscles are going to kind of come out. And then as you exhale, the pelvic floor is going to lift as that diaphragm is lifting. So you have this like ebb and flow that's occurring. So in doing so, you can see how it's not just like, oh, it's a pelvic floor, it's taboo. It's a huge component to our core, to our core system, to our core unit. And it 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 stabilizes. I, I have some... I want to tell you guys the functions of it. It's not only just sexual, because that's what we always think about, and that's why it's taboo, but it's sphincteric, so it's going to control the, our gas or our you know, feces or our, our urine. All so, the stuff we yeah. still don't uh, yeah, want to talk I, about. Yeah, you know, I want to talk about, <laughs> right, right? So that's like your second layer. Your first layer is your, like your sexual, the sphincteric layer is your second layer. And then you have the support of the pelvic organs. So we talked about the bladder, the amazing uterus, and the rectum. Third layer is going to do that. It also helps stabilize the pelvic girdle. So a lot of ladies will have like <laughs> pelvic girdle pain after having babies. Maybe even in pregnancy, there's like some pelvic girdle pain. So your pelvic floor is to stabilize with other muscles of the core. It acts as a sump pump. So it's going to help with blood flow and lymph flow. And then I always like to add, because you don't hear this in any of our training, but the pelvic floor helps in labor and delivery. So it's going to, when the baby hits the pelvic floor in delivery, you're going to start to feel that urge to push and baby's going to ha- have to spin on through and that muscle group has to lengthen in order to let baby come out into the world. So it's pretty cool. Gosh, this pelvic floor is complicated. <laughs> it's very complicated. Like, I guess you, these are all things like I just never consider when it comes to my pelvic floor. Right. I'm just like, whoa, it does all that stuff. I right. need to take better care of it. Yeah, I have a new appreciation Yeah, for it. I really do. <laughs> and it makes you realize like, wow, I don't have any issues currently. I'm going to take much better care of it. Right. <laughs> well, I like to laugh, too, and I like to tell people mm-hmm. that, like, I'm your person that says, what is your pelvic floor doing when you're breathing? Can you tune in and feel when you inhale that the pelvic floor relaxes? And when you exhale, can you feel it lift a little bit? And some people are like, no. <laughs> I was just doing it. Like, as you were you saying it, it like, I was like, but I didn't feel anything. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> as you inhale, do you feel the pelvic floor opening like a rose is opening? <laughs> That's one of our oh, cues. Oh, my goodness. Kind of. It's a little harder to feel when you're sitting. So, you know, try it laying down. And if you're a mom listening and you're within those zero to maybe six to eight weeks postpartum, that might be a little harder to feel because, you know, the pelvic floor, if you had a vaginal delivery, it was lengthened several times its length. So don't be scared if you can't feel it. It's just something that we have to tune into. And that's why you work with me. So you can learn how to tune into it. And then you use those strategies to then apply it to doing a squat or doing a lunge, picking your baby up off the floor, putting your baby in the swing, getting your baby out of the Yeah, because you have all these exercises too. Like you can, Mm -hmm. you have like the ability to show women how to exercise to strengthen the pelvic floor. Yes. Yeah, in a sense. So, and ladies that have had, have pain with sex or they have pain, if you look at those, the silly zero to 10 scale, if they have pain greater than three out of 10, I usually don't do things to 
like kegels or anything to really strengthen the pelvic floor. We might have a little bit of carryover. Your pelvic floor is working when you're walking, when mm-hmm. you move. It has to. It has to respond to. Remember I said it stabilizes and it provides support to the pelvic girdle. So it's going to be working regardless. I just don't want to um, strengthen a muscle that might be ticked off. So if you think of like you make a bicep muscle and you have like your little Popeye like me <laughs> muscle. If you can't fully lengthen your arm back out and stretch it back out, then you're not using the full power of that muscle. So when women have like pain with sex or maybe they have muscle guarding or spasms or just pain in general, then that muscle might not be able to fully relax. So we have to first work on fully relaxing the pelvic floor. So then when we do start to train it, we can use that full power. Like that whole arm is then doing that bicep curl. The whole pelvic floor is doing that lift. And so I usually am a little bit cautious with people who have pain. Otherwise, you just apply it to function. So you might just have to exhale. You know, you go to pick up your baby and you exhale as you pick your baby up. That's going to have a ripple effect with, remember I said, the pelvic floor is going to lift then and the core is going to engage because that's how they all work together. So sometimes people only need that. I have had ladies that come in and they might have leaking, you know, when I do a box jump or I'm at CrossFit um, or maybe when I'm sneezing. And I think this is the big one, too. Right. I think that, like, I feel like I talk to more women who are like, oh, I was jumping on the trampoline and I peed my pants. Like, right. right. <laughs> okay, that was me. But <laughs> <laughs> but that's normal, right? I mean, you're going to do that after you have babies, right? No. <laughs> and so what's funny <laughs> is, you guys are so cute. What's funny is that. Where was I going with this? Because now I'm laughing. <laughs> Is that we can just train, change some strategies. So I have ladies who come in and they don't want a pelvic floor exam. And that's fine. Like, I want you to know that if you come to me, like, you don't, you're not like, oh, I'm signing up for an internal exam. You do not have to have that. It's completely optional. There's certainly so many things that we can go through. And so I have ladies who come to me for, like, diastasis rectus. Abdominis, mm-hmm. which is when that you have that like abdominal separation. I keep hearing about have this. Have you heard about too. that? Yeah. yeah. And so I don't have any abs, so it didn't happen to me. But <laughs> oh my goodness, you're so funny. But I've heard of other people. <laughs> We're gonna look at your abs. I bet you have some abs. <laughs> right. And so essentially, the rectus abdominis muscles. There's a midline structure it comes the linea alba, and in pregnancy, they're showing up to 100 percent of women are having this separation happen, and that. If it's not like better within like eight weeks ish, some of the research shows, and they don't do any intervention by one year postpartum, they might still continue to have this. So people will come to me to see for this, right? They're like, oh, I just want to have some exercises, but I want to know is it safe? Because there's so many things out there like I shouldn't plank and I shouldn't do, you know, sit-ups and I shouldn't do anything and and they're basically handicapped because they're afraid to move. Or like I'm in CrossFit and I love doing CrossFit, but I'm like feeling this strain or I'm seeing this dome and I don't know if that's safe. But then I always ask in my subjective, are you leaking? And then there's specific questions about it. And a lot of people write that they're leaking. And so we'll work together like once, sometimes just one time, maybe a couple times, and they'll do their home program or they'll apply the strategies to like their heavy, you know, deadlift that they're doing. And they'll come back and they'll be like, oh, I notice I'm not leaking anymore when I sneeze. And that's because of that core unit, because we've worked on enhancing the strength of the pelvic floor, maybe just by having breath by exhaling as we're lifting up something heavy or Mm. lifting up our baby. And so it's just really cool to see that carryover because of that whole connection of that core defined, that core unit that works together. So it's cool. Oh, my goodness. So Mm -hmm. the things that they can do to strengthen that just from home before Mm – 
other things. Mm-hmm. Before intervention is Before needed. intervention is needed. Right. Consist of. Like they can simply oh. like be breathing and tuning in. So um, just tuning into your breath like, yeah, like, like you do in yoga. Yeah, like bringing awareness to that area. That's why you have a pristine. Right. Pristine. <laughs> pristine. Right. Right. Floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, and yoga is fantastic. Like definitely. And, you know, learning. And, and I would hope like in yoga, it's not just about lifting that mula bandha or however you say it. Oh, my goodness. Say, I don't right? know about the mula bandha <laughs> yet. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Forgive me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Yogis out there. But, you know, it's not just about lifting, but also bringing in that like relaxation piece because again if you really want to have this like awesome regime then we want to like be able to use that full range of motion of that pelvic floor and not just have this like little you know if it's if it's like tight you know then we're just like lifting in this little range we want to use that like whole range but then also like if they're (laughs) and this can help the pelvic floor (laughs) into our elder years, correct? Oh, yeah. And so this is like where my passion comes in. So I actually would love to see people before they ever have any regime issues. I want them to come in in pregnancy and learn strategies for labor and delivery that will help them to have a delivery with less trauma to their body. And so I've seen this in moms that I've worked with. We'll work on perineal massage. I'll teach them pelvic floor muscle massage. We'll work on breathing strategies that I change a little bit in the third trimester after like 34 to 36 weeks. I change it up a little bit. And so we'll work on that if they're okay with a pelvic floor exam. I will do an internal and like do, it's called proprioception. So it's like where your body is at in space. So I'll put my finger on that third layer and say, oh, this is where when baby's head is engaged, this is kind of what that feeling is like. And now let's practice breathing into this oh area. Oh my goodness. So it's like really, it's like really cool, like biofeedback to yeah. like have baby. But then just even teaching them to, or teach their partner if, if, if their partner comes, how to do the perineal massage. I mean, there's stuff you can go out there and you can l- learn about it. But I've had people who've come to me, they're like, oh, you know, I got a handout from like my OB or I looked online and it's different than what you taught me so like it's still good to like review that with you know pelvic floor PT that is familiar with that and then we can also assess for like oh is there like a part of the pelvic floor that might feel a little bit like more like trigger pointy or like like tight in a sense like sometimes the left side is maybe tighter than the right side and so working on strategies to like reduce that tension because the I have a mentor who says that the pelvic floor is the stoplight for birth. So if you have a pelvic floor that doesn't have that nice range of motion that we talked about, it's not nice and springy, then when baby's coming out, even if one side is a little bit tighter than the other, it's going to impact baby's ability to rotate and descend down to have a vaginal delivery. So it's like the missing piece to assessment pre-vaginal delivery. Well, even thinking about this, so we do all the things, right? The mm-hmm. courses on how to change a diaper and what is it, like Lamaze. Yeah, like infancy right. PR, but we are not, ladies, right. worried about our vaginal health. <laughs> right? And, and I don't know about you, but that is, I'm more concerned about that right. than how to change a darn diaper over right. here. Because well, if your vagina, vulva, or anything down yeah. there is hurting or you feel like something's falling out, then... You're thinking about that while you're changing the diaper. And that I, I have had so many ladies like just cry on my table. There's so much trauma associated with, you know, the, that area of our body. Yeah. Well, and it affects everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think birth trauma, there's so much. I hear about it way more now than I think you did in the past. And right. when we 
you know, delved into what topics our listeners wanted to hear. Birth trauma was one of them. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people were like birth trauma because right. there's so many women out there that have experienced it mm-hmm. and they don't think they necessarily know where to get the help. Well, it right. could be avoided. Yeah. Right. It sounds like what I'm yeah. hearing mm-hmm. in this situation for moms mm-hmm. that are on their second, third, fourth, or even their first. Yeah. This stuff can be avoided right. if yeah. you right. get the proper stuff beforehand. And it's right. something that I wish. I heard more about, um, you know, I didn't have that. I didn't have an option to have vaginal births, but for, for some of my friends, and like you said, birth trauma isn't, I think when people hear birth trauma, they equate it to like, oh, a doctor did something bad. Yeah. And it's like, no. Or they wanted that vaginal delivery and they ended up with a cesarean. Yeah. So now they feel like. And and we're so quick, quick to blame too, our healthcare professionals, right? And I feel like even if that happens, so let's say a mom like decides, I'm going to do pelvic floor therapy. I'm going to have a doula. I'm going to have all of the things to prepare my body. And they still have a cesarean. At least then they could say, I did the things that I feel I needed to do. And maybe this is the result of it, but I still did the things I needed to do to prepare for that. So then I think that kind of helps. But certainly in postpartum, I deal with a lot of birth trauma. And so we do some energy work and different things that help ladies to, you know, recover from that and work through that and so sometimes body work just having someone put their hand on you is yeah. very healing and I feel like anybody who's a first time mom like because me when I was a first time mom before I had my baby like when I was pregnant mm-hmm. I was reading thousands of birth stories because I just wanted to know what I was in for right. and I felt like I feel not felt I feel like if I would have known you were an option. Right. I would have I would have been so quick to pick up the phone because right. I was so fearful going into labor. Right. I mean, I'm afraid of needles. So mm-hmm. to have a baby come out of me. Right. <laughs> like yes. that was crazy. And a lot and, of people say, oh, well, I'm gonna have an epidural, so it doesn't matter yeah. anyways. But that's not necessarily a mindset to also have either mm-hmm. because when what ends up happening is ladies will have an epidural and then a lot of times or most of the times they labor on their back yeah. so they can't feel what's going on or they don't it doesn't work it I, doesn't work i had two right? epidurals the first one didn't work the second like my second birth it worked right. and i could tell uh-huh. at that point okay yeah the first birth i had it didn't no work. epidural right yeah. right and to a degree that might have been not necessarily a bad thing. Only right. The reason I say that is because if you have something where you're numb from the waist down, you don't know what's going on. You can't right. feel to like as you're, you know, pushing or breathing baby out, as I like to teach, you're pu- you can't feel that grade that the baby crowning and like slowly like work on baby kind of coming out. So it like stretches the pelvic floor, relax pelvic floor, stretches the pelvic floor. It's supposed to bear down, hold your breath, push as hard as you can. And you have this huge um, stretch. This baby just and shoots then out. ladies are in that, <laughs> that like, they're <laughs> Legs. So relaxed. And I know. I massaged. <laughs> and then your legs are like cranked back, right? And your like partner, the nurse yeah. is like holding them back. And so ladies actually end up with nerve injuries because, oh, and then yeah. some ladies will have like foot drop or they can't use their legs or can't feel. They have like maybe some numbness in their legs because, you know, and that can happen regardless of epidural. Right. But, you know, that's where that kind of plays into it. So if we're learning kind of some strategies like, oh, okay, I know that if I, if I have the epidural to tell my doctor who's ever helping me, I need to take breaks with my legs or maybe I need to turn to my side or, you know, do different positions to help. So I'm not always like stuck, like they call it dorsal lobotomy. So I'm not like stuck in that position with my legs. Legs up. Yeah. Goodness. What everybody imagines. So I guess my question, I do have 
a couple more questions before we wrap up. So one being, for the women who cannot afford Mm -hmm. pelvic floor therapy, because I'm assuming this is something that maybe you have to refer to or if they're trying to take the precautionary measures prior. Right. What options are there for women who financially cannot put the money into themselves? Right. Well, I would this. say they could always call and like work with me and see okay. what we can do. I do provide super bills for my clients so they can submit if they do have insurance out of network deductible. Okay. Um, I've seen 50 to 100 percent. Oh my you know, gosh. Coverage. Wow. I do accept health and flex spending account. There are insurance based physical therapists out okay. there that do do this as well. I prefer not to, so I don't have to be limited on what I teach and what yeah. I do. For health and wellness, like birth prep, that's something that insurance companies typically do not cover just because it is considered like wellness. You it's know? so crazy. It is crazy. Well, so. it's the women's stuff. Like right. it blows my mind how many right. things, which is a whole nother topic in itself, right. are considered like wellness things for a woman like we literally give birth to small humans and it's considered like these extra things are considered Mm -hmm. wellness but Mm -hmm. they're quick to provide at hospitals how to change your baby and new parents thing you know like all the stuff that go to your mother right if you can like go ask her how you know she (laughs) survived (laughs) like youtube you can youtube this stuff it's on it's on everything but i think this is so important because Mm -hmm. For me, I would be more worried. Like, I know so many women who are self-conscious after birth mm-hmm. to get intimate with their partners, too, right. because they're afraid of what, you know, you hear all those stories like, oh, well, you know, get, keeping it real. Like, right. women will be like, you know, I think this is in men's head, too. Like, my husband said my <laughs> my vagina is not as tight. And I was right. like, what? Like, oh. what? does that even mean and so i think Mm -hmm. women Mm -hmm. then become so Mm self-conscious so when they do go to get intimate with their partner that's all they can think about you know or there's like other things yeah or like Mm -hmm. they're you know how do you get past Mm -hmm. those things and and is that actually a thing or Mm -hmm. you said kegels it's called kegels not kegels yeah kegels kegels, tomatoes tomatoes all right well (laughs) so i guess my my point is there like Mm -hmm. i can listen to people on how you do them and stuff do they really work Do they work? Yeah. I mean, I would say so. I don't, I'm not usually one to be like, let's do, you know, this many because I want to bring it into function. So, I mean, yes, in a sense. So like if you're picking up your baby off the floor and you exhale, then you're going to lift the pelvic floor as you're exhaling. That might be a strategy. I usually look for what strategies works best for the mom, um, like how her core unit responds to that we might try something different maybe that maybe she's like oh I still feel a little bit of like pain maybe in my back when I do that okay well let's just exhale or maybe we just you know tighten the transverse abdominis by like drawing her belly button to her spine or we do different strategies to figure out what works specifically for her because it is very individualized but certainly that is how I would apply it as opposed yeah. to sitting there and but you can I mean oh, you I'm definitely sitting there can sit there and like lift you know yeah. and you can do like different floors like lift the first I don't floor, even know if I'm doing floor. it right but do I it feel fast. good doing it <laughs> right. in the sense that I'm like oh I'm actually doing well, yeah, something and it's gonna but... help like do that circulation I yeah said it's like a oh, pump. so gosh, it's gonna circulate and about that. bring more blood flow to the area which is gonna okay. be healthy and, and an improvement for sex right because if you have more blood flow around there it's gonna make the tissues more springy and bouncy and so I can tell at this point we need to have you back because I have so many more oh questions. Gosh, I would love to. <laughs> but I want to end with what can these ladies do right now? Right. As they're listening, is there something you can do in your car or in your free time? Right. <laughs> your free time. Or, you know, like 
I just would never think when I pick my baby up to like breathe and like yep, exhale. Is it exhale? And focus yeah. on like my exhale. pelvic floor because yes. I think like that comes a lot with being in tune with your body, right? right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because so we're just not in tune with our bodies. We're not. <laughs> and it's a huge. We need component. a course on that because <laughs> when like that is not. You know, it affects your whole body. So, like, your jaw, if your jaw is tight, if you tend to clench your jaw, then your pelvic floor tends to be tight, too. I do that. So you want to, like, relax that, relax the jaw, too. And then you just have this, and just breathing. So I say, like, I just keep saying breathing. I know that sounds, I don't like to say to ladies, you're just doing to breathe. Like, that's not my intention. It's just that it's going to cause systemic, like, it's, like, systemically going to help decrease inflammation. Okay. So it's going to help decrease that Gosh. stress response. Because when you're stressed, your pelvic floor is going to, like, be clenched, too. So, Tuning into that inhale, pelvic floor is relaxing. Exhale, maybe you sense a lift. And then maybe try it with some strategies. So when you go to pick up your toddler or go to pick up a gallon of milk or, you know, you're at CrossFit, you know, and you're picking something up, try an exhale. Maybe okay. bring on a little lift and you see. You know what? But, I am willing. Yeah. I am willing over here to make sure that the longevity of this pelvic floor <laughs> right. is in its pristine right. condition. Is in its most pristine condition because <laughs> I still want to be having fun in my 70s well, for sure. and not pee in my pants. And I will say, like, when I was a new like VP, me. <laughs> when I was a new VPT, like, all of the ladies that were the elderly ladies in the hospital, every single one of them had pelvic organ prolapse. Oh, my. Wow. Okay. We're, okay. okay. We are yep. not going to have that, ladies. Anyone a, listening? Yeah. No. Right. We are not going to be in our elder years when we should be living the best time. It should be the best time of our lives worried about that right. pelvic prolapse. Right. So, yes. more keep to come on this. Yes. Me pristine yes, yes keep it pristine <laughs> um we will bring dr rachel back because because obviously we have so many questions we want to ask you what questions you have in regards to this sure. too where can they find you sure so they can find me on instagram or on facebook at dr rachel elizabeth okay and my name is spelled r-a-c-h-a-e-l so just make sure oh. you put that in there and it's elizabeth with a z um and then and you had asked two ladies who can't afford i think that's a great resource for them too because i try to put as much as i can like on my social media pages for women. I have a private Facebook group if they want to join that. And I'm always trying to put information out there that they can learn okay. from me if they can't, you know, work with me. Or yeah. I do do distant learning so they can, if they're far away from me and they're listening, um, I do virtual s- sessions as well. So, And we'll um, have all your information yeah, right. up on our show notes Perfect. as well. Yay. Yeah. So you'll be able to follow along. Again, thank you so much for listening today. Um, and thank pleasure. you for being, yeah, yeah, thank you so for being here. <laughs> Obviously, this is a topic that we all want to talk about, but right. we're just not talking about it. Right. Um, <laughs> so make sure you review our podcast and subscribe, because obviously, if you don't subscribe, you're not going to hear all the great content. And we hope you have a fantastic day. Bye. Bye.